Hello, everybody. It's your boy, Darrell Owens, and we are getting ready for episode four of Green and Gold Over Everything. This week's episode uh, is going to be a little bit shorter than uh, the last two weeks, but uh, nevertheless, can't wait to, to talk some Packers football with you. But also bringing in Victor Herrera from the Legacy Maker Sports Network and Victor Sports Talk, who will come on today and he will uh, give us uh, help us break down Packers and Lions for tomorrow night as they take on uh, the Packers, take on the Lions tomorrow night from Lambeau Field. So I have him here with me today to kind of break everything down. Very excited, y'all. I I don't know how y'all feel right now. Uh, Very interesting week. We about to recap. Packers Saints and of course like I said get you ready for Lions and uh, Packers on tomorrow well let's go ahead and give it to you let's get hype for the show green and gold over everything There it is. Just a little bit of pack of greatness to get this show uh, rocking and rolling. Once again, everybody, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, solo dog in the day. My man Randall will be back next week uh, as we preview uh, Packers and, you know, Raiders. And then we'll also, uh, you know, we'll recap uh, this in this game here. So uh, Randall will be back with us uh, next week. But like I said, my man Victor Herrera is coming on from the Legacy Maker Sports Network. We're going to break all that. Uh, break all that good stuff down but let's let's talk about the game that just went down on sunday uh the green bay packers uh win 18 to 17 over the new orleans saints now a game that started off looking really grim (laughs) really grim for green bay packers fans out there uh anybody that uh, cares about the green bay packers organization uh and it was a really rough start a uh, really rough start, but uh, the Packers were able to get the win uh, 18 to 17 over the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, coming into this one, you look at it, it after last the, the week before last performance against the Falcons, you kind of say, to the, you know, as a Packers fan, like, uh, you know, you, you're probably thinking to yourself like, man, w- what is this year going to be like? And and 
going into it, you know, there's going to be some ups, you know, there's going to be some downs. You're going to be some like what in the world moments. Uh, we saw that against the Falcons, what in the world moments. But then we saw a uh, jubilation type moment uh, in this game against the Saints. And it, it didn't start off well. Uh, they were down uh, 17 to nothing heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, may, and I'm not going to say a saving grace, but one big thing that happened uh, is that we saw Derek Carr go down. Uh, and when Derek Carr, before Derek Carr went down, he was 13 for 18, 103 uh, yards and a touchdown. It wasn't spectacular, uh, but he did have an 104.8 uh, uh, quarterback rating. So they were looking you know, pretty good. Uh, it, and then once the injury happened, they brought in Jameis. And I, I don't think Jameis Winston did anything uh, bad per se that, um, you know, hurt New Orleans. They just didn't they just weren't able to pick anything up offensively. But this has been New Orleans problem uh, throughout this season. You know, you saw it in the first game against the Titans. They were um, in a win of 17 to 15. But it just wasn't an offensive like juggernaut. And I, I maybe me, because I expected more out of the Saints, I thought I would see more. Uh, and even in their in their next game, it was the same thing. It's just, you know, against uh, the Panthers. I, the Pan they was like 20 to 17. I may be off on the score on that, but it was still a tight game. And the, the New Orleans offense never really got going. Their defense has really held their own. And we saw that at the beginning of this contest uh, where they they had the Packers shut out in Jordan Love's debut at home. And it was looking a little grim. But 18 unanswered points. In the fourth, uh, you know, riled up by a, a, a great, I will say, uh, <laughs> crossover moment by Jordan Love as he got into the end zone, and then the and then the throw to uh, Romeo Dobbs uh, to to take the lead. And so they they did a really good job. But let's get into our players of that game uh, a little bit before we go a little bit deeper. But so players of the game for me, I got two offense and one defense. And the first one on offense is Jordan Love. Now, these numbers are not sexy. I, I, I think that's something that we will agree with. Those numbers are not sexy. 22 for 44, 259 yards passing, nine carries on 39 yards rushing, and two total touchdowns, like one through the air. And, of course, the, the crossover move that you see in the picture here uh, for those who are watching visually. Uh, and – Jordan really struggled, uh, in my opinion, on certain extents. He loves to miss high. You know, Randall and myself and, and our guy Deshaun, we talked vigorously about, uh, you know, the Packers and knowing that that's the one thing that we that we noticed that when he does miss, he misses high. And it happens a little bit more than we would like. And I think that's something uh, that could change uh, as, as he grows and gets a little bit better and better. But uh, he – in the fourth quarter when they needed him, uh, when they were down 17-0, they showed up and he showed out. And they were able to get this victory. So Jordan Love, crossover moving all to get in the end zone. And it, I just think that he did what they needed to do to get the Packers a victory. Number two, the guy that caught the touchdown to take the lead, and that's Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs had five receptions for 73 yards, 14.6 yards per carry, I mean per catch, and a touchdown. Now, with Dobbs, you know, a rough week in Atlanta. He's still dealing with some hamstring issues, uh, but he has been everything and more and that security blanket uh, that Jordan Love needed. And I think overall, if you really think about how smart, uh, 
how smart maybe Brian Brian was that Goot was. I'm not, I don't like saying his last name, but <laughs> but Goot really thought through when I think he picked Romeo Dobbs. It was definitely a Jordan Love pick, but we didn't realize it was a Jordan Love pick until now, uh, especially knowing that their relationship that they have. Uh, and so he came through, made some big plays. I really love what I saw from him. Also, and I'll give love to a couple other guys that that are not up on this screen. Uh, But Jaden Reed, you know, three receptions for 63 yards. He was averaging 21 yards. Uh, He did miss on a couple. uh, But besides that, you know, he continues to grow. Luke Musgrave, the tight end, you know, the first round, uh, the first, well, the second round tight end pick for the Packers um, from Oregon State, six receptions for 49 yards. Uh, but once again, getting comfortable with those guys. Dontavian Wicks had four receptions. Patrick Taylor had three out the backfield. Manuel Wilson uh, also had one. He missed one to Torre towards the end zone. But what we're seeing is him getting comfortable with the guys around him. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm still kind of surprised that Matt really let him throw the ball a lot more than what we've been seeing. I was really surprised about that. Um, but what but what I've seen is the growth of the young receivers. I, I will keep barking about how good they've been so far. I really love what I've seen, and 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 Dobbs has done a really good job in in the first game and also in this third game. Uh, like I said, not too much in in the game two against Atlanta, but been so good so far then we head to the defensive side of the ball and we got to talk about Rashawn Gary Rashawn Gary coming back uh first game in Lambeau uh in all of a, about a year time he you know came off the injury you know people they paid him people said oh man what are you doing but he has been phenomenal they let Zadarius uh Smith go because they knew what they had in Gary and what he was becoming. Three tackles, three sacks, three tackles for loss, and four quarterback hits. Uh, he was just a terror out there. He was a terror out there and really gave uh, the New Orleans quarterbacks problems throughout this game. So got to get love to Gary. Great job by Gary. And it put the Packers in a really good spot. I, I mean, I really like what I saw uh, from him. Now, this there's there is a thing that I don't like, and then I will discuss this a little bit more um, once Victor gets on. But you can't have Jordan Love. You cannot have Jordan Love be your leading rusher. That personally, I have a problem with. You cannot let that be the case. If Jordan Love is going to be your leading rusher, uh, it's it, it's a problem. You know, you got to get more out of AJ Dillon. You know, maybe the offensive line got to do better on that end. Uh, you know, a little nicked up there, but for me, you you gotta have AJ Dillon do more. Just AJ, just he's got to do a little bit more. Eleven carries for thirty three yards ain't gonna cut it, uh, especially on this contract year. I really expected more from Dillon on this contract year, and, and it maybe it's just me. Uh, maybe I'm over expecting. If that's not, a, I don't know if that's a word or not, but over expecting that he would be, uh, you know, really really good this year. He was definitely one of my picks on one on one to be a breakout star this year. Cause I thought, you know, that contract year, he's going to really want that money. Uh, and you know, things are going to, you know, click for him. Maybe once uh, Jones is back in the lineup, maybe that changes and he, he, maybe he things click for him. Uh, maybe, you know, having that, that backup, that partner in crime, I guess you could say. And, you know, 
it's just it's just interesting to me. It's truly interesting to me that he's not doing as much. I thought he would really break out. That's all I can say. Maybe I'm not getting the words out properly, y'all, but I really thought that he would take another step and and that we that we haven't seen now uh i was kind of peeking at pat mcafee's show on espn so uh, give a shout out and this video i'm about to show is property of espn it's espn's but uh this video slash sound uh is what aaron Rodgers had to say about jordan love and i think you know people gave the narrative that Rodgers didn't care about jordan love and i think or he, you know, they had a, a bitter relationship and it's just not true. Uh, and I, I've always felt that it wasn't true. You could definitely tell the the different vibe that Jordan and Aaron had compared to what Aaron and Brett had. And I think it's a key element that they've, they've been able to actually keep that relationship growing, uh, even though the Aaron's not a part of the team. But I just thought it was interesting. Uh, let's hear what Aaron had to say. This is on Pat McAfee's show uh, on Tuesday. Uh, it's a special feeling. To, to play Lambeau and to have, you know, a game like that where it all wasn't going your way. And then you just kind of figured it out in the fourth quarter. Obviously some big plays, um, you know, a fourth and one uh, running an old staple where you're basically uh, kind of read optioning that one. And to make DeMario uh, Davis miss on the goal line was pretty special. And then, um, you know, uh, touchdown pass to win it and then i think didn't the saints miss a field goal or something yeah that put it away and it's that moment i feel like where you've won it's his first start at lambo we forget that's his first start at lambo you know he started uh covid toe game in kansas city and then the first two i think they had on the road right this year so that was his first start in lambo so it's nothing like that my first start was on a monday night against minnesota and uh when you trot out that last drive when the game's in hand and you're taking knees, there's not many better feelings in sports. So uh, big congrats to Jay. I sent him a message after the game. Uh, happy for him. And, and uh, that's a cool moment. I'll never forget that moment. Yeah, legit. Like, I almost got emotional for Jordan when he was doing this one. Yeah. And I don't think he's, like, a super emotional guy. But then he started, like, doing it, and they started getting loud. It was like, here we are. This is it. You know what I mean? It's like, there's the moment. Now, what happens from here on out? is how it all be judged. But I love that guy. And you've said nothing but positive things. It seems like everything you've said about him behind the scenes is now being showcased to the world. A lot of people say, after what you said last week about Texan Jordan and congratulating him about the ownership of Chicago, they're like, oh, Aaron's fake happy for this guy. I, I, I want to let you know that that's what some people take some of your stuff. I don't think you've ever acted like that at all with Jordan Love from the b- very beginning. Genuine happiness from all of us, I think, seeing Jordan Love do his thing. And I don't want to speak out for you, but I think that's kind of bullshit that people just automatically assume that from you. Was that Big Cat saying that or was that? <laughs> no, no. It was, a, it was like kind of a, you know, there's assholes on the Internet. A lot of them. Aaron, there's a lot of those assholes on the Internet. McAfee, Aaron Rodgers, A.J. Hawk. Um, so two former Packers in that midst. Uh, just talking about, you know, what, you know, how special it was for Jordan Love for those moments to happen for him. His first game at Lambeau, uh, you know, you can see You can feel the energy. And I, like I said, it, the confidence level that Jordan Love shows has really grown over the last couple of weeks. I think that's always been my biggest thing. I've always said you can keep his confidence going. I think that he could be truly truly special and especially in a game where you saw jimmy graham come out there former packer 
faked the Lambeau League to get the first touchdown. You know, uh, Rashid Shaid, which me and, and Damian talked about last week about him making a play. He What does he do? He makes a play, 76-yard punt return. Uh, and so they after the field goal, they're up uh, at half, 17-0. It was just all bleak. And But the Packers with the 18 unanswered points, a two-point conversion in there, um, you know, that uh, Torre caught after that one, which I questioned because – when it was uh when it was three to seventeen and then they, they scored a touchdown and they was like, Why are they going for the two point conversion? I'm like, just kick the field goal. But hey, boy, I was wrong. And and glad I was wrong. <laughs> With that being said. So super glad I was wrong on that. Uh, but um, you know, hey, that that's what it was. The Packers uh moved to two and one, uh, and very excited. So Good job, Green Bay. Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and get ourselves ready. I'm about to bring in my guests. I'm super excited about this because uh, Thursday night football. We got Thursday night football about to go down uh, tomorrow, and that's Packers and Lions, uh, and 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 from Lambeau. So I can't wait. I, I can't wait uh, to see how Green Bay does against this Lions team because I, if I had to be truthful. As much as I would like to see Green Bay win this division, I felt like the Lions were going to be the team that would win this division. So um, we'll see. We'll see if that can um, if that goes down and that that'll be the case. I'm hoping uh, that the Packers can and pull it off, but it's going to be a true test, especially in the North with the Vikings being 0-3, with the Bears being 0-3. It looks like to me that this could be a two-way race between the Packers and the Lions. Let's go ahead and get our game preview in my man, Victor Herrera of the Legacy Maker Sports Network and Victor Sports Talk and, and the coaches report on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. We're about to break down Lions and Packers Thursday night. All right, so we got a game preview coming up here and Thursday night football. We've got the Green Bay Packers taking on the Detroit Lions, both teams two and one. And this rivalry is a lot different than it was probably about like five years ago. Uh, the Lions have had their fair share of success against the Green Bay Packers in the last couple of years, winning three straight. The last time the Packers won one was the beginning of the year before last. So it's been a while since the Packers beat the Lions. And that's not something that this person that has been affectionate with the Packers since he was seven years old has seen. Because it's so used to having that success over the Lions. Uh, but uh, with that being said, we got a special guest coming on with us to talk about the Lions and the Packers game. The, as you can see, the Packers lead the all-time series 105 to 75 uh, to seven tie and seven ties. But here's the thing, man. Like they have been on their stuff lately. The Lions are not playing around, and they have won three straight against the Packers. And, of course, with me today, I have my man, Victor Herrera, who is a part of the Legacy Maker Sports Network. And Victor also is our Lions insider. Man knows the Lions, but he also is the host of Victor Sports Talk and the Coaches Report. Victor, how you doing today, brother? 
I'm doing fine. I won't lie. I feel a little claustrophobic with all this yellow on the screen. <laughs> I tried to sprinkle. I see. I tried to sprinkle a little bit of that lion. Flavor yeah, right yeah. There. The, the blue is the only thing keeping me sane right now, keeping my anxiety levels low. I, but. I think that's. I think that's part of the strategy uh, here on Green and Gold over everything, just to cover it a little bit. But with that being said, we're so glad to have you on, Vic, to kind of break this game down. Uh, and you know, in this segment, we always try to make sure that we get a clear conscious view of the game not no bias it's gonna be a little bias in there between me and Vic but we're gonna try to give it to you straight and so Vic with that being said I wanted to start with you man what are your three keys to a Lions victory in this contest my three keys starts with number one establishing the running game the Lions were able to do this this past week whenever many were like Bijan's the running back Jameer Gibbs can't handle it whenever Gibbs outperformed him and kind of getting him going, and Montgomery is now practicing this week. Hopeful he'll play, not expecting much, but getting Gibbs into the running game is going to be vital because it's going to open up the passing game as well. Number two, I have you got to get to love, and you got to establish a passing rush. Now, the Lions have done better this season, but they haven't contained like they wanted. There was times in the Chiefs game in the opener where he would get away. And it's fine if you get to him, but if you allow him a quarterback out of the pocket and set his feet, he might as well still be in the pocket with a good pass uh, pass defense. Because, I mean, let's face it, the, you got to make the pass rushing count. And you got to be consistent. And the Lions not having Houston right now is a huge miss. And third, you got to fill these empty holes in the secondary. You know, especially on third down with this team, they play a lot of zone on third down, not so much of man coverage because they kind of want to allow a four-man rush to try to get in there. They don't want to necessarily blitz on that third down all the time. But, you know, there's times where these players are tight in their zones. And what I mean by that is they're basically covering one zone. And that's leaving a whole zone of the field open and that's usually where we get killed that's usually where the lines give up the third down plays and it just doesn't end good for us when that happens and that's something that's happened continuously (laughs) under glenn like i i think he's done great things with our defense but you know it's just those little things when you play that much zone it's bound to happen but when you don't stick to your zone you open up more holes than what need to be and you know, if you don't get the pass rush, you open these holes. Even somebody with not as much experience as, as love, they're going to be able to pick you apart. They're in the NFL for a reason. They can play quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, you know, see this thing uh... – I like what I've seen from the Detroit defense this year. I think they've they definitely have turned a corner, um, and and they just look they do definitely look like a better team. And I think they have a chance. And I said earlier on the show that I, I feel like Detroit is that team that is. I know it's going to sound crazy, but they're you know, and to a lot of people, it's going to sound crazy. But right now, I think they're the standard barrier. And that's and it's not a big margin. It's only because of where they, I feel like they were last year heading into this year. I think they're they're the team that wins this division as of right now. At least I feel like talent wise, all the way around, that's that's what they have. The Packers, to me, have the best defense in the in the division. But it's also one of those things that the offense is so young. Uh, it's so so young that it's hard to be like, oh yeah, they got the best offense. They've shown some flashes here in the last couple of weeks, but it's still not enough to be like, oh yeah, they're the best offense. That to me uh, probably belongs to Minnesota, but the Lions are right there with them. 
And then the, somehow the Minnesota Vikings are 0-3, but we're both not complaining about that. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm very surprised. I mean, Kirk Cousins, I mean, people hate on him, but his numbers don't lie. And, you know, it's like if you took a mixture of what all the our division teams have besides the Bears, we just throw the Bears completely out. <laughs> <laughs> if you take the top three, well, uh, the Vikings, the Lions, and the Packers, you know, that would be an awesome awesome team because it's like i feel every team is just missing something and uh it's just it's gonna be interesting down the world down yeah the street. yeah it, it really is and and you know one of the things that you had in your keys that i think is the biggest thing and it's always been the packers achilles heel and that's just stopping the run i mean I, as long as i've followed this football team the, the backers have not been able to stop the run they just it, it, the running quarterbacks is like it's like a kryptonite and and you know now golf's not that much of a running quarterback but uh if the run game gets going we've seen the packers defense get shredded i mean shredded by the running game and so I, i'm i'm expecting you know gives to, to they're going to try to establish gives early and see how things go there i think that's going to be a very critical part for that defense if they i mean for that uh, offense if they can get that run and stop that, um, or I guess if they can get the run going against Green Bay, I think the sky's the limit for the Lions in this one. Well, especially if we get Montgomery back, if he, if he is able to come back, which I don't see why push it this early into the season. But if you do get him back, I mean, we saw what happened last year at the last game of the season that kept the Packers out. Jamal Williams goes on to break the record for touchdowns, and that, that was a run-dominant game right there that we just took over. And just to kind of cap off what you said, if the Packers can't hold the run, there then there's no way. I'm still mad that Jamal Williams is not a Packer. To this day, I was like, they should have just signed him back. I mean, he's he's a little nicked up now, but he was always one of those fun Packers. And 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 seeing him doing his thing in Detroit last year and getting that eight the 18 touchdowns was an absolute joy. I don't usually get excited about former Packers that leave, but there's some of them that just bring an affection out of you. And Jamal Williams was definitely one of them. So speedy recovery with Jamal Williams. All right. So here it is. Here are my keys to victory for the Green Bay Packers. First of all, force Jared Goff to turn the ball over. Uh, you got to get him to force him to turn the ball over. I mean, you can get him in other places. But from the last time that we beat the Detroit Lions, or the last time the Packers beat the Detroit Lions, they forced Jared Goff to fumble the ball. He, you know, it looked, it looked like he got a little bit unsettled. Uh, so the Packers defense has to find a way to get to Jared Goff because if Jared Goff is clicking, there's going to there's going to be some problems because we've seen him play his best football in the last year and a half. And I and I told somebody last year that Jared Goff, even though statistically may have not been his best quarterback job last year, but as a leader, as a quarterback, as a whole, I felt like last season was his best job as a quarterback, even more better, even better than the Super Bowl year, because he had all of this young talent and, and a younger team where he is the leader. And he was the one that was able to get, um, you know, help the Lions go on that stretch towards the end of the year last year. He, he led that he led the way for that team. And so I feel like if the Packers can disrupt him find ways to make him be un, the uncharacteristic Jordan uh, Jordan Love, the uncharacteristic Jared Goff, um, you, know, the, you know, the good one that we've seen over the last year and a half, I think that's going to be key. Secondly, get the running game going. Last week, the Packers' leading rusher was Jordan Love. He had nine carries for, for 39 yards. 
And then you got A.J. Dillon, who I'm still just baffled that A.J. Dillon is not having a better season, especially in a contract year. A.J. Dillon, 11 carries for 33 yards uh, last week. And it really just he they, they just really weren't able to get anything going in the running game. Now, not having Aaron Jones is a big deal. Now, he may be back. Uh, the word on the street that him and Watson will both try to play as long as no setbacks happen, which makes me smile just a little bit. So that's also a key to victory. But <laughs> just getting getting those getting those two guys back and Watson hasn't played uh you know so far this season so it'll be good to see him back in there and give love another weapon and then of course stop the run uh my one of my keys goes right along with your key and and the packers have to stop the run they don't stop the run well it's it is a common thing even against the saints the saints were kind of had the third string guy in there kind of making things look easy and i'm like all right now (laughs) you know (laughs) So Kenny Clark and them boys have to really get things going uh, for the Packers, but they got to stop the run. And that's the, that's what, those are my three keys for a Packers victory on Thursday night. You know, I want to say I'm very surprised with AJ Dillon. Like you, you know, when you have legs, the size of tree trunks, you should be able to do anything on the football field at ease. And, uh, you know, he, he's had his moments, but this season just hasn't turned that corner yet. You know, what, I feel your top key was your number one. You have to make Jared Goff frantic. You have to make him make a mistake. You know, his interception against the Seahawks was his first one in almost a historic breaking pass uh, attempts without without an interception. And, you know, we lost that game. So if you don't get Jared Goff to do something, preferably an interception, you're not going to have the success that you want because that is one thing i i commend him on a lot of things a lot of people still hate him for the time in the rams you know i feel it was just a relationship gone bad you know you can't kind of be with the toxic girlfriend that keeps calling you every 30 minutes (laughs) you gotta eventually go go different ways you know and it's been a good change of scenery but i think also having i won't lie a leader I don't think McVeigh's a leader because I don't want to get in on it, but I will say this: when everything was going down south, he was ready. He was ready to go to the press box. Yep. So right there, <laughs> you actually have Campbell now, who's a leader, who's taken him under his wings and showed him how to be that leader he needs to be, and he's a different golf. And I think, if, as a Green Bay Packer fan, I am hoping that he accidentally throws it to one of our guys or he gets tipped <laughs> because that is. That's going to be a difference maker because he hasn't done that a lot since about the beginning of last season. He 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 hasn't done it, and that's that's what I like as a Lions fan. Yeah, that, that's that's what he's been consistent in, and that's and that's the one thing I said. I'm like, if they can kind of get him, revert him a little bit back to the old, just a little bit. You don't need to go full blown, but just a little bit back to the old school. Uh, Jared Goff, you know, the one before the year last year. That's the one that you want in this one. Uh, if you can get him, then you're going to be a good shit. But if you get the, uh, I want to say Jordan Love, the Jared Golf, too many J's, the Jared Golf that we saw towards the end of last year going into this year, that's going to be a problem. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be a big problem because he has played really good football. But I, I piggyback off of something you said there. McVay, I think McVay helped him offensively. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think 
he kind of gave Jared the cools, the 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 tools, the cools, <laughs> the tools. I'm not getting all my words mixed up today. The tools to kind of be that offensive like minded guy at the QB position. But you made a key point. Dan Campbell helped him become the leader he needed to be, mm-hmm. and it shows. And so th- I think those two combination of things are kind of coming together. But I think Dan Campbell has made him a better quarterback and leader. And that's the thing to me that's scary about Detroit. I, and I think they they definitely can make a strong playoff run this year. It's going to be all on Jared Goff's um, hands, but I think they can make a run. And, you know, one thing I will say, too, about Jared Goff and about the need to put pressure on him and try to make him revert back to his old ways, it's a lot harder now than it was at the beginning of last season. Agreed. He has the confidence, but not only does he have the confidence, he has the confidence from his team in him and that can't go unwavered this guy has rose to the occasion and you know the seahawks kind of have been the achilles heel for the lions last year crazy came back and went they knocked us out of the playoffs i will say the refs did because of the, <laughs> the questionable calls in that rams game it but, was crazy you know, um i just wholeheartedly believe that you know golf's ability to control the ball that he has some throws that you're just like come on dude like yeah <laughs> this is terrible <laughs> but you know they're they're, in, they're usually incomplete so yeah. i would take that over anything but you know and i i just want to touch on your last key you know stopping the run you know it's head to head and it's it's simple what the better man's gonna win you got you gotta see who's gonna be the better man who's gonna be willing to do it yeah, somebody, somebody got to step up. Uh, I, that, that's the one thing I see from it. I think it'll be a fun game. Um, Thursday night game from Lambeau, uh, you know, and it's early, I guess, early bragging rights in the division uh, and and with the other two teams struggling. Uh, this is a perfect opportunity for one of these teams to kind of, you know, put a stamp on things and have a, at least a two-game lead over the two bottom teams and at least essentially a two-game lead over uh, the team that they beat. So it should be a, it should be a fun contest. Uh, last, like I said, the last time we saw Packers and Lions and Lambeau, things didn't go too hot. Everybody had threw the Lions out the door, though. The Packers are going to the playoffs. But I knew. I knew in my heart. I said, nah, 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 nah. I said, something don't feel right. And everybody's all the Packers. Look how they great they played the last couple of weeks and they're going to get in. I'm like, no, nah, but the Lions been hot. They, they've they been a different type of hot. So it was crazy. But I mean, hey, I mean the better team won at the time. So I mean, you you talk about eating kneecaps, of course you're gonna win, like or buying <laughs> kneecaps. Like when you got somebody like that at the helm, man, you you destined to win, like just just a little bit, just a little bit. Oh man, well look, everybody, that is it for this episode of Green and Gold over everything. And I got my guy Victor Herrera here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network, Vic, Vic's. Victor Sports Talk, and, of course, the Coach's Report. Uh, Victor, let everybody know where they can find you, all the good stuff that they need to know about the shows. Okay. Uh, obviously, Legacy Maker page on Facebook and YouTube. We uh, I always stream my episodes every Thursday at 7 o'clock Central Time. We sit down with a new coach every Thursday on the Coach's Report to talk about how they run their program, different things they've done for their program. And just for anybody who's ever wondered, on getting ideas if you coach a little league team or you are a high school coach college coach just kind of see what other people go through and how they got to where they are and uh you can check us out on uh, victor sports talk on the facebook group page uh we're always sharing things and uh, trying to get some conversation going so you can always check us out there 
All right, everybody. Look, once again, thank you. Episode four. We'll be back next week for episode five. Once again, Victor, thank you. I'm pretty sure we'll have you back in towards the end of the season to talk uh, that second game from uh, Ford Field. Once again, everybody, I'm Darrell Lawrence, Victor Herrera. Make sure you check out the coaches' report this week. Uh, it's going to be a good one. I'm Darrell Lawrence, Legacy Maker Sports Network, Victor Herrera. Until next time.